0: I would just declare over every person on the side of my voice that you are a child of the most high God that you are equipped that you are you've been empowered you've been anointed. You are you are fully possessed with everything that you need to become the person God's designed you to become. And I just declare that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper nothing that's been designed to take you down or distract you will prosper the enemy may try to come in like a flood. But God raises up a mighty standard against him, surrounding you and your loved ones in Jesus' name.
1: Hey everybody, and welcome to the Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. Here are your hosts, Josiah and Micah Keneally. Oh, what's up, guys? Hope you're feeling alive right now. My name is Micah Keneally.
2: I'm Josiah Keneally. We're your hosts of the Young Adults Today podcast and running it back today with one of the original season one guests, mm-hmm. our friend, one of my favorite people on the planet, Nick Nilsson. What's up, man?
0: Hey, guys, so honored to be with you. Thank you for carving some space for me to come and hang out. Hey, I'm surviving in the Houston heat. That's all I know you're comfortable in Minnesota, enjoying perfect weather, I would imagine. But no, I love. Thanks for having me. I love you guys so much.
2: We're grateful. Mm-hmm. I, I think of four summers ago, we were launching this project um, just as an idea, and you were literally one of the first guests to say yes. Mm-hmm. So thanks for that. And now um, I feel like we've learned a thing or two.
1: If not, <laughs> so welcome not. back.
0: <laughs> <laughs> hey, hold. Let Let me pause one second. I need to make sure where I'm rolling over here. Stand by. I had to make sure the Zoom approved the recording. So we got it. We're rolling.
2: Perfect. Good. I can I can send it to you as well if that helps. Do you want us to start over?
0: It doesn't matter to me. If you want to, we can. Or you can edit it or start it over or whatever.
2: We'll edit it. We'll just roll from here we if that's do cool. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: But uh, our guest today. Nick Nielsen is the associate pastor at America's largest church, Lakewood Church in Houston, Texas. And we're grateful for him as a returning guest. Mm-hmm. His auth- authenticity, charisma, help him share hope of Jesus everywhere he goes. And his work as a leader and communicator uh, have given him the opportunity to help people realize their full potential in every area of their life. And his wife, Summer. They're kids, Denver and Haven. They're Bears fans, so in the man, the same division. Vikings were going to cheer for us, but um, <laughs> I mean, we just want to launch it with this. I'd love to know your thoughts on this. You've spent over a decade as a young adult pastor and now associate pastor, and why do you believe that reaching the next generation and mm-hmm. the faith of young adults, young adult ministry, why is that so important and vital today?
0: Mm. Well, as you know, Josiah, it's always been a passion of mine, and I think it'll always be. And and I, reason I believe that is because in this space, in this season of life, you're making the most critical decisions potentially that you'll ever make. I mean, you're choosing your, you know, the college degree. You're, you know, kind of trying to sort out. All right, what am I wired up to do? You know, what what should I pursue career wise? You're making big relationship decisions. You know, you're 20-something, and you're trying to go. All right, what do I? What am I interested in? Who do I want to hook up with? What's my spouse? What do I want them to possess? What are my values? Um, I think all those things, and then you throw in relocation. A lot of young adults are moving, changing cities, changing jobs. Make. I just think there's massive decisions that young adults are making. And I think those decisions need to be informed by faith, first and foremost. Um, I don't know about you, but I made (laughs) made a lot of dumb decisions when I was a young adult. And a lot of those decisions were not informed fully by my faith. They were informed by people, unhealthy relationships, bad perspectives, bad advice. So I'm just really passionate about informing young adults You know with their faith first inform them with faith here are god's promises for your life these are the things this is the perspective you can choose to carry right now as you're making these decisions and as you're navigating your young adulthood um so yeah i'm passionate about it i think the enemy um would love to distract and derail young adults during this time of life and i just think we have a great opportunity um to bring good news to young adults and say hey you you can, you can choose, you can choose, you know, what you want to do during this time and flourish. You don't have to wait. You can flourish right now.
1: Absolutely. You're speaking our language and we absolutely love that. And I love some of the verbiage that you even used is like choosing, like we all have a choice and we have a two and a three-year-old and we're, I'm teaching them a choice. Okay. It's a hundred degrees outside and you're choosing to wear moccasins and winter (laughs) gear. Let's rethink this. You know what I mean? Like even just thinking like, I've been learning a lot about like parenting and how that correlates with upbringing and how that affects young adults into their twenties, thirties, forties and beyond of really going back to how were they raised? What choices were they were were p- placed before them? What opportunities did they take and what would their thought life look like? And how are they truly tr- um, choosing to live the dream, quote unquote, like, do you want to live the American dream? Do you want to live the dream that God has placed inside of you that is longing to be birthed and start that process? So I'm excited to even just share with the audience right now, Nick, you came out with a book and it's, You Can Live the Dream is the title. So if you're listening and you're wondering, how can you get this book? We'll talk about this at the end of the episode, but Nick, I would just like to kick it off right off the bat with how do how have you processed and how do you have you structured this book book to maybe not chase the American dream that many people move to this country. Like I meet people from all over the world, like the American dream, the American dream. So they've heard of it. They're here as young adults trying to unpack this American dream of success, whether it's in the the hospital setting and they want to become a surgeon and they're failing and then they settle to be something um, different than they anticipated. And they feel like a failure, but they're actually living elements of the American dream. So how do we process as young adults, as leaders, the overemphasized American dream of settlement of the U S in a sense versus the dreams, the passions, the wiring that God has placed inside every single one of us. Like how do we differentiate those and not neglect the calling quote unquote, or Mm like the big picture, which is Jesus Mm -hmm. himself. So. Mm -hmm.
0: No, it's great. it's a great thought. I think for me, the, the concept of the book, the, this idea of living the dream you know it's it's a flip on the I just really wanted to flip the cultural cliche on its head you know like you said people and you don't have to be from a different country I mean you can grow up in America and feel like the dream is a destination that's going to bring me satisfaction joy peace happiness whether that's a place in my career relationally white picket fence Tesla in the driveway certain amount of figures in my bank account going on vacation in Fiji like you know, a lot of times we see this hashtag on those moments and I'm not saying those moments are bad, but often we chase those moments or, or 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 feel like those moments will bring us ultimate satisfaction and peace and joy. And you don't have to live long to realize those things in and of themselves can't do that. Right. And so I I want to say, look, You don't have to limit the dream to a destination. You can actually live the dream today. You can experience peace, joy, fulfillment, satisfaction right now, wherever you are in your career, wherever you are in your relationships, wherever you are in life, you can have it now. And it starts with a change of perspective. It's just how am I choosing to see these things? And Jesus just gives us this amazing opportunity to possess that perspective of faith where i can look through the lens of faith in this in my career i may not be where i want to be but if i can if i can harness the right perspective and choose to look through the right lens of faith right now i can see that there's purpose here i can find contentment here i can recognize that if god's in control of my life i'm surrendering to him i may mean, i have five kids but maybe there's something unique in my marriage right now that God's doing that that I can grow in. So there, I think that's, that's the premise of it. That's the heart of it. That's my prayer that people discover is ultimately nothing has to change in your life for you to experience those things. You know, you don't have to wait till you go to Italy on the crazy vacation to live the dream. You know, like you can hashtag it every day because you're choosing to have you know, the right perspective.
2: Nick, it's so good. I uh, I know for me in 2023, we're a year into a nonprofit that I find myself, if I'm not careful saying, well, as soon as we're fully funded, mm. then I'm going to enjoy life. As soon as we reach whatever the next mm. is, um, I think that a blessing and also a challenge in my life is I'm really futuristic and really driven. The challenge part of that is that it's it's hard to be present sometimes in mm. this moment. Like the past two nights, um, we went on a walk, taking our girls to the park in the neighborhood, left the phone at home, and it's been it's been almost like a detox to my soul of being untethered from technology, mm. taking a security
1: a blanket away. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Yeah. But I mean, my thought is, can you unpack it even maybe one layer deeper mm-hmm. as far as how would you move mm-hmm. from for the person who is listening to this podcast? Because they're a high achiever. How how do they move from chasing the dream to living the dream mm-hmm. today? Like enjoying the present, I think, is something so many people, myself included, struggle with.
0: Yes. And it's so hard. You know, it is so hard, like you said, because we're, we are looking at everyone's highlight reel on our phones every day. We're seeing people the same age as us appearing to be further in their career, achieving more. Um, you know, I'd see people for my peers for years with great book, you know, books that they've written and immediately feel insecure or feeling like I'm not doing enough, and fighting the temptation to rush something and hurry something that just wasn't the time for it. And so I think. Um, Josiah, I think it just comes down to this perspective every day of going, all right, like I said, I'm not where I want to be, God, you have my future, but I, you know, you've given me grace for today, and there's deep purpose in today, you know, how do I allow God to control my future and allow him to worry about what tomorrow holds, and just recognize that there's deep gifts, I think sometimes We don't recognize that there are miracles in the mundane and the, and the, I just don't believe that there's a normal day for the believer. I believe every day. Jesus says, God says, I've created today and I've made it with deep purpose. You know, like this is the day that I've made rejoice and be glad in it. doesn't say you have to rejoice and be glad for it. You know, like you may be in debt, (laughs) you may be sick. You may not have a reason to be grateful for it, but God says we have the capacity to be grateful in it, and I think that, that leads me to believe that there is something in each day that God is wanting me to learn. Maybe it's about myself. Maybe it's about his character, his nature. Maybe there's relationships. Maybe there's a moment with my kids. Maybe there's a moment with my wife that not only will deposit and make me better in the day, but it's preparing me for what he has for my future for me to sustain the very thing he wants to bless me with in the future. So don't miss it. You know what I mean? Don't, don't miss the opportunity to be prepared for the great things that he has for you or your company or your business.
1: So good. I love that. And even just taking it in a sense of like, so much of the power of our thinking impacts things around us, acknowledging that we are, able to be present realizing that we're able to dream we're able to create because he created us right so so much of our lives come from our thoughts can you just take it in a sense of how can we practically renew our minds and what does that mean and what can that look like for people who struggle with even taking our own thoughts captive Mm, or maybe the thoughts of the enemy or a lie that we've kind of adopted as our own yeah and we shouldn't have done that to begin with
0: no i think it's powerful and i and i think It's all comes down to labels. Like you said, it's really easy to buy into negative labels or the labels people have put on you. I mean, we all had negative labels put on us. You know, growing up as kids, you're in sports, you're in school, you're wherever and you're you're at work and people say things, you know, people label you failure. You're a mistake. You're no good. You're not good at this. You're stupid. You're not, you know, ugly, whatever, whatever it may be those labels can take root if you don't recognize them and number one, uproot them and replace them with who God says you are. And I think part of that process is understanding and becoming more aware every day of who God says you are. Am I consistently reading my Bible? Am I finding somewhere where the promises of God are written? And am I recounting those over my life? the Bible says, let the weak say that I'm strong, right? There's, a, there's power in speaking it. There's power in declaring it. There's power in saying who God says you are. Yes. And I think a lot of people are unaware of who God says they are. And I think taking it step at a time, you know, a lot of times we want to fix it all in a day. We want to let go and remove these labels and put new labels on us and have it mastered in a day. And I'm just a big fan of taking it step at a time, you know, and it's, it's a, it's a process (laughs) and we're all in this journey. We're all in a, in a process of removing labels, recognizing the negative labels that have been placed on us and go, okay, I need to believe who God says I am, you know, I need to, I need to recount and declare over my life, there's power in our words. Mm -hmm. And, and I just think it starts with that, whether you're driving in your car you're working out, you're putting a podcast in and you're repeating someone, even verbally speaking the God's promises over your life. I think there's a lot of people who are doing that and exercising it in that way, practically. And I think that's a great way. Um, you know, I I think there's a lot of ways on how to, how to apply that to your life, but I think it's important to understand who you are and whose you are.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. Oh my gosh, Nick, I think that, um, I'm just thinking it's Tuesday at the time of recording this episode, and yesterday we were at Target, picked our girls up, picking up a few things, and we ran into one of our former students, and she just stopped and talked to us, and we got to pray with her. She just said that life was really tough, Mm. and uh, I love those divine appointments that we get to maybe extend hope to people, extend encouragement, and um I mean, even Sunday, walking into church, somebody who didn't even invite, hadn't been to church probably since the pandemic, showed up. Felt like God told them to come to church, and just love daily moments um, that could be seem mundane, but for somebody, that's a miracle. Yes, <laughs> and I'm reminded of like a few of my friends have said this at times where they've hit a point of discouragement where they're watching Lakewood Church online every day. Mm. Or And they'll tune into messages from you. Or they'll tune into messages from Joel. And I think one of my passions is encouraging people. But if I'm honest- You're
0: really good at that. Nick,
2: <laughs> thanks so much. You man. are. <laughs> I, I think that one of the, the things that if I'm honest, there's been moments where I've dealt with feelings of over- overwhelm or just deep discouragement. <laughs> and where I find myself is sometimes in this living room, right over there on that couch- putting on some worship music or listening to a message from you or Pastor Joel. And um, I just love to hear, because even a second ago, you said, and this surprised me, you're like, sometimes you compare with others or sometimes you deal with insecurities or things like that. Um, How have you navigated seasons where you're pouring out encouraging others, but on the inside, you're dealing with discouragement yourself?
0: Yeah, no, that's amazing. No, I think for me it's one of those um number one i i someone recently told me they said nick god can use you while he changes you wow and i think sometimes we're it's either one or the other um we get we get into this mindset and this belief that i have to get things all right in my life or perfect before god does things through me and i think you know, for me, it's reminding myself that this thing is about grace and it's always been about grace and it'll always be about grace. And for me, it's, it's, um, getting that, recognizing that truth over and over again, Josiah, just because I think for me, um, whether it's a leadership decision, whether it's not communicating a message, how I hope to to communicate it, dealing with comparison, whatever it is, you know, it's it's recognizing that the righteous fall seven times, but they get back up. And you've probably heard me say that a million times, but I just believe that fulfilling your purpose and becoming everything God's designed you to become, it's not about being perfect. It's about getting really good at getting back up and mm-hmm. saying, God, I may not have a lot, but you're really good at taking what people have and multiplying it and doing something great with it. And so I don't know if that answers your question, but I just feel like for me, um, you know, it's it's looking to him. And I say practically, I think for me right now, I'm really assessing my margins in my life. And do I have margin um, for the unexpected to take place as I'm giving out, I'm talking to a lot of people right now. Um, it's one of the chapters in the book, a lot of businessmen in our church in my in my circle of influence that i'm close with that i walk with they're like that one's hitting me the best because i'm busy i have kids going to games birthday parties work stuff golf Seriously. everything <laughs> and i have zero margin to clear my head to get along with god to hear from him to be reminded of who i am i'm making major financial decisions i'm making major decisions for my kids where to send them to college and Nick, I am so maxed out. I'm not getting clarity on these decisions from God. Um, I'm losing creativity and I'm just running on past ideas and I just think Josiah takes more faith to say no than it does to say yes, especially if you're a go-getter. It really, really does when it comes down to it and I just think God has given us an incredible like promise that If we will live from rest, if we will find margin and that looks different in every season, your margins have to change. I think you constantly have to assess your margins. Some people are running on the margins they built 10 years ago, but now Mm -hmm. you have kids, now you have, you live in a different city, you're running at a different pace, you have different responsibilities. You may not have the same hours, but your responsibilities have changed. There's a big difference. Your emotional weight that you're carrying, you know what I mean? The burdens you're carrying are different. Um, so all that to say I have to work really hard when I'm discouraged to, to make sure my margins are where they need to be because it's in those margins in the boundaries of my life where I'm replenished where I see my problems differently I see the challenges in my life I see myself differently if I don't have margin I'm insecure I'm comparing I'm running on fumes I'm making decisions out of fatigue and it's it's a disaster for me my marriage my kids and anyone that I work with.
1: <laughs> yes! Oh my gosh, so good.
2: Feel you on that one, Nick.
1: I love that you like even just leaned into that. And I can't tell you how many young adults we've come across throughout the years. Maybe they're twenty five years old. They're like, I think I'm having a midlife crisis, and I'm like, You're twenty five. How many can you have? <laughs> like, this is your second one. <laughs> so for the person, like whether they're leading, whether they're pastoring whether they're in the marketplace and they're listening to this podcast and they find themselves in their 20s and their 30s and they've reached that pinnacle point of burnout Mm. they are they've gotten up six times and they don't know if they can get up that seventh time they got they got knocked down again they're they're just exhausted like how can you how can we adopt healthy margins if people don't even know how to put up the boundaries the margins but also recognize and embrace our god-given limits like i think you are to yes. lean into some of this but for the burnout people the people who feel like they've reached the midlife crisis and it's like you're 25 and you're already bogged down by life like so much in their life has happened or they've mm-hmm. 27 years old and they're like a millionaire like wow like so many people come from different walks. Some of the individuals we work with are 28 years old, still live with mom and dad, don't even have a two-year degree. You can't motivate people who don't always wanna be motivated, but for the person who is burning the candle or burning the stick mm. at both ends, how and what do you have to say to them or about that and just give us some yeah. insight.
0: <laughs> well, I I, <laughs> I, I I, think the, like a, I, I'll just go back to margin. I think that that's an important thing for people to embrace and to begin to apply into their life. And sometimes it's negative relationships that you have to, you know, say no to. Um, It's unhealthy environments. Um, I think a lot of it is unhealthy, like, thoughts that we've embraced and we've carried. Um, Boundaries to me aren't pushing people away. Boundaries are keeping myself healthy. Boundaries Mm -hmm. are keeping myself together. And I think that that's something that it's just a perspective shift on boundaries and margin. Some some people I think have done a really good job at taking care of everybody else, but they haven't taken care of themselves. And a lot of people in burnout. That's what they've done. They've gone at it for 15, 20 years, like taking care of everyone else taking care of everyone else. And they wake up one day and they're like, I have neglected myself mm-hmm. in this process. And I think when you begin to go all right, where's the time for myself in my life? You know, where's the hour? Where's the 20 minutes? What refuels me? What replenishes me? I think it's beginning to ask those questions. And most people, you know, who are burning out, um, you have great intention. You didn't, you you started wherever you started to climb with a heart to build something great, make a difference, you know, take care of your family. Um, you know, build a dream, build a business, you know, whatever it may be, I think the intention mm-hmm. always starts great. And then you run a million miles an hour with no time to evaluate and assess your own soul, only time to assess your own, own relationships, your own mental state. And I think that's when you start making decisions that take you from where you wanted to start and, and the vision and the focus and you end up, off course, you end up over here. And you contaminate mm-hmm. the beautiful things that are in you. You know, you, you you, the biggest oil spill in American history was Exxon Valdez and the cause of it was fatigue. Wow! And here, the captain and its crew went for weeks upon weeks with no sleep, trying to do something great, deliver precious cargo, and fatigue caused it to crash. And I think there's precious cargo in each of us that God has placed in us, but fatigue and burnout can compromise that. And I just think um, if people would just begin to go, all right, do some self inventory, what can change? What boundaries do I need to put in place? How can I create margin in my life? Um, and as I stated before, um, give yourself grace in the process. This is a journey and take it step at a time and celebrate those small wins. You know what I mean? Celebrate mm-hmm. when you when you get it right, you know? You may not have it all fixed. You it, the business may be unfinished, but what are you celebrating the good on the way to great? I think that's okay. practically a, a big thing for people who are almost rebooting, I'm burning out, I want to start over. Well, celebrate the steps.
1: Yeah, I think that's so good. It reminds me when I was interning at a church, oh my gosh, about 10, 12 years ago, And I had this mentor in my life. He was like, Mikey, you have so much horsepower and drive, but what you can't do is sit in the chute with the gate open and just run wild. Like You need to tame the horsepower in you and learn how to pace yourself in a way that you're not bucking around like a Bronco, Like super excited to be in ministry or see lives change, but to really harness and hone the craft that God has given you while still pouring out and receiving in that process. And that can come from friends around you, kind of brainstorming that can come from surrounding yourself with a team, mentors, discipleship, a congregation, a pastor you love and trust, a woman um, for me in ministry that I admire and see godly qualities in her that I want to grow in of like raising a family, understanding the importance of prayer and taking those levels of myself deeper. And I think even the entrepreneurial side of me, You know, we can have a a head full of heart um, dreams and our hands are ready to go and a heart full of just let's go, you know, and you're just like on the front lines and God's like, yeah, your feet are in the blocks in this run, but the gun hasn't gone off. So if you miss fire, like, wow, you might be eliminated, you know, and just knowing the importance of God's timing and surrounding yourself with the right people with the right motive, having your best interest at heart and, um. That's just what it reminds me of. So I don't know if there's an entrepreneurial person listening or somebody who's passionate about ministry or changing the world. You kind of have to get the, make sure you're in the right race, (laughs) make sure you're in the right ring and you're not just running like a a wild stallion in the fields expecting change when your heart hasn't been tamed yet. And that's if it's not tamed, that means that essentially, in in my instance, I would have done it building my kingdom Mm -hmm. versus teaming up with God, helping him build his by just Mm -hmm. using me as a willing vessel. So I don't know if that's for somebody or... Maybe it's just for me to get out. I don't know. Hopefully, it resonates yeah. with somebody listening. <laughs>
0: yes. and, and the first way, the first way, you would have ended up miserable. Right. The second one, you're satisfied, fulfilled, happy, content. Do you know what I mean? Yes. I mean, you do it your way, you'll you'll end up struggling. You yeah. do it God's way, and it's funny how you, man. <laughs> I'm in, I'm in, I'm content. Yes. I'm at peace. I'm at joy. It doesn't mean it's easy all right. the time, but it's different. Absolutely.
2: It's powerful, Nick. And one of the things that I see in Jesus' life in the New Testament is he embraced some of those human limits. Like He, He was familiar with what it meant to be fully God, mm-hmm. fully human. And to me, that's a mystery. And we see that he grew in wisdom, he grew in stature, but half of his growth was with favor. And to me, that's a mystery. That's a, I, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around that, that he grew in favor with God. He grew in favor with people. And one of the concepts that I'd love for you to unpack, at least just to touch on today, is that favor follows you. Mm-hmm. And I'd like for you to unpack that for, I mean, for me, but for the listener, the person who is unfamiliar with the concept of God's Mm -hmm. favor, or they want to grow in their knowledge of God. And just that we can have, I think like it, one of the things that I'm regularly praying for is the favor of God, because it's not, I'm not entitled to it. It's freely given. It's, it's not that I've earned it. It's Mm -hmm. that he's freely given it. And so praying for it, but, but take us to that place of favor following us. Yeah.
0: Well, like you said, I mean, every every child of God is favored. And I think it starts at that basic level and that realization that if you are a believer and if you, if you are a Christ follower, favor follows you. David says, goodness and mercy follow me all the days of my life. Other translations say favor and mercy. And I think David had an understanding that no matter where I go, whether I'm going into battle or I'm going into the palace, Favor is gonna follow me everywhere that I go. It's God's goodness. It's His kindness. It's His mercy. It's His grace. Everything that God is, He, He, He brings with you. He brings on you. He He bestows upon you. And I think for people, it's it's recognizing it, like you said, Josiah. It's understanding that wow, um, I am favored, and that and I'm favored for a reason. I think I'm not just favored and blessed so that I can just live my life the way I want to live it and be happy and prosperous, quote unquote, but I'm actually blessed and favored and God's mercy and kindness chases me down so that I can be good to others. We've been trusted with favor. And I think that would be the thing I would be most passionate about articulating today is just... God gives you favor so that you can serve others so that you can he he he. whether that favor leads to a new position or a promotion, wherever you're at right now, you can we I mean, could be favored in the fire, you know, like. You know, wow. Sadrach, Meshach and Abednego were favored in a fire and they came out not smelling like smoke and after that they were promoted to even more prominent place in Babylon, so I think favor can work differently you know people think well i'm facing a hard situation how how can i be quote unquote favored i thought goodness and mercy follow me well they do follow you and his favor is going to sustain you in the middle of the fire and you're going to come out better not smelling like smoke not being a victim you know that was not happening to you it was happening for you like that's the promise of god that's the favor of god and so all that to say When you look at the the hebrew boys when you look at joseph who went through this crazy journey he was put in a place of prominence and promotion and influence to be good to people to help the people of israel he forgave his brothers he restored people like the favor of god chased him down followed him through prisons followed him through all kinds of places Mm -hmm. and he the bible says he was always favored but to me, he understood when you read scripture that he was favored to be a blessing, that God had favored him so he could help people. And I think that's the that's the power of favor, is when you get to a place spiritually or you get to a place in your life where you go, Wow, like God's positioned me and He's good to me and His mercy is good to me so that I can be good to others. And I can use my platform or my position or wherever he's put me. To help other people, I mean, when he see Joseph helped people in prison, he helped people when he was the butler. He everywhere he he didn't wait till he was in charge of it all to help people. He was helping people in every season of his life, and he was stewarding the favor of God to be good to people.
2: Oh man, so good that uh, (laughs) that hits. I think that um, you nailed it when you talked about. It just resonates deeply with me that the favor isn't for my selfish gain; it's for the benefit of a generation. It's for the glory of Mm -hmm. God. And I I love singing our girls that song when they go to sleep. Um, I think Jen Johnson sings it. um, Your goodness is running after me. That's what I. The Mm -hmm. image of favor is that. We did nothing. Like we were far off, and we see this sort yes. of yeah. a father running. Um, that's the favor of God. That's mm-hmm. the kindness, the mercy. And uh, I'm really grateful today f- to know His favor, to mm-hmm. to still learn and to grow in that some more. Um, and and in the midst of the journey, where I find myself sometimes is having to do some hard things. Yeah. Um, it's it's one of our friends said this that every day he gets two phone calls at the same time. Fear and courage and that he needed to choose courage. And that's where I'm at today.
0: Mm-hmm. And
2: so you talk about um, doing some things afraid. Go there for a minute, if you will, Nick.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, I think, every, like you said, everyone's gonna be presented with a big dream at, at some point. Now, I mean, every, every, all of us have things we wanna do, deep, deep down inside of us, things that God's put in us, purpose, things of significance, dreams. And, you know, maybe it's a certain career, place maybe it's something in your family you know I think we all have aspirations we all have things God's put deep in us but I truly believe accomplishing most of those is gonna is gonna really require us to do things afraid and I think oftentimes God's prompting us to do things maybe it's forgive someone maybe it's stepping into a new business maybe it's moving to a new city and we're we often wait for the perfect time I think oftentimes we're like wait you know I think you wait for perfect time, wait for perfect conditions. You wait for, you know, there to be no fear. And the reality is that's never going to happen. Like you guys know you've stepped out, you've done things, you've built stuff and you don't wait until you're completely rid of fear. You have to take a fearful step. You have to do Mm -hmm. it afraid. And I talk about in the book, (laughs) the moment God really spoke to me was I jumped out of an airplane. I was a crazy young adult in college, and I felt like, you know, me and my buddies wanted to skydive. And I was right at the edge of the plane. You know, we're 12, 13, 14,000 feet. I don't remember the exact square, you know, but the door opens, and my instructor, who's, like, attached to me, he says, (laughs) Nick, you got to do it afraid. And our momentum just carried me, and we just dropped. (laughs) <laughs> and during the, the fall, he's tapping, I mean I, I forgot all the training. I forgot everything that we were taught before we jumped. But during the fall, he's pointing at my wrist and saying, hey, look at look at the altitude. He's putting my hand on the rip cord, showing me where to pull the cord. He's guiding and leading me through it. And what was required of me was just to do it like, take a step, do it afraid and I'm going to get you to where we need to be safely. I'm going to lead you, I'm going to guide you, I'm going to whisper, I'm going to you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I think that's often how God works is when we take that step, he's going to lead and guide us as we walk out the journey with him. The Bible says that God leads the steps of the righteous, not our stance. He leads our steps. Mm-hmm. And so every day, Take a step towards the things God's wanting you to go after, that he's put deep in your heart. A man, being a man of integrity, walking into the career, wanting you to flourish as a husband. What's the step you can take? You may not want to forgive. You may not want to say sorry, sorry. It can apply to all things, Josiah. You know, It doesn't just have to be about your career. Is there is there something you need to do in your marriage that you're fearful of, but you know you got to do it? Do it afraid. When you take the step, God's going to meet you there. He's going to open the door. He's going to provide everything that you need. He's going to sustain you. Um, to me, it comes down a lot of times to, you know, asking faith versus like showing God your faith. <laughs> like, my wife is she she challenges my faith all the time because we've asked in faith for things, and that, but Summer will be like, oh, I'm just gonna. I believe God's going to do it. So like, let's stack some boxes and get ready to move or let's buy the baby rattle or let's buy the tie for the new job. Like it's, I'm going to show God my faith and there's a difference. So those are some of my thoughts that I'd like to just encourage people with who are listening is if you feel strongly about God leading you to do something, take that step. It doesn't have to be a leap of faith, but it can be just a simple practical step of you Showing
2: God your faith. I love that.
1: It's so good. And I think what you're saying essentially is like, we're not called to do it alone. God's going to meet us there wherever we're at, whatever He's been prompting our hearts to do. And the fear, fear may be a little bit of factor a factor. My brother in law says it perfectly. He says, Micah, fear is putting faith in the enemy. And where is your faith found? And
0: mm-hmm. I was like,
1: dang, Matt. Yep. And that stuck with me for the last 12, 15 years of like, my fear is, my faith is not in the enemy. So, Fear is not going to be a contributing factor. I'm just going to do it afraid and God's going to meet me. And for the person who may needing to take that step, or maybe it feels like a leap for some, but it's maybe something so teeny tiny and minor that can help them pivot and shift everything. So we're not supposed to do it alone, but why do we need others to come around us? And how do we build a team in that process? Like that dream team that we can share what God's doing and develop you know in that process of young adult ministry primarily because we know that you've done some of this so for Seriously. the person listening
0: <laughs> oh my gosh this is a whole this could be a whole hour-long conversation just because <laughs> you guys know how important relationships have been in your life and and i know how critical you know we are not who we are you know but because we just walk through life in isolation we're a byproduct of our environment of the relationships in our life mentors friends um and i just think who you surround yourself with is so critical right now. What voices you're allowing in your life. You know, The, the I just, Adam and Eve were in the garden, yet God, or Adam, Adam was first. And, and God said, everything's not good. Everything's not okay here until I bring in another person for you to do life with. Then it became very good. And I think for people that's kind of a theology like what it's a curveball like so adam was with god in paradise yet things were not not good you know it wasn't god wasn't fully like it wasn't a full expression of god's great plan and it wasn't until eve came and god brought in relationship did we see god go all right now, now we're living life the way I've designed you guys to live this thing. And I think, I just think there's so much power in people being in your life that you give permission um, to speak truth and love to you. I think that we all need people around us that won't just inspire us and encourage us. And, and I think that's huge. That's a big part of it. But also are, are willing and have the courage to say, hey, your margins are off. And you're not acting like I know, like you're out of character here. Mm, or hey, uh, you know, you're you're be- you're better than this. You're bigger than this. You, you got greatness inside of you, and you're you're standing around idle. And you need to do something. You need to do this. Afraid, you know what I mean? Like we've all had people push us. I mean, I had people even with this book say, "Nick, you got a book in you." Pastor Joel ten years ago said, "Nick, you have a book in you. It's just a matter of time." You know, leaders, people I served with. When's the book coming out? Like people that spoke life into me, spoke life to my dreams. And I could go on and on about all different types of things in my life that were a result of people that I strategically chose to be around. Some relationships you can't choose. You can't choose maybe who you're next to in the cubicle at work. You can't choose who's next to you in class. I'm not talking about those relationships. Those relationships you love, right? You you try your best to make great but who are you choosing to be around and those relationships are to me critical. Um, I, I, I I like to say, give who have you given a life jacket to meaning who have you given someone who, who have you given the permission to rescue you from you? Because I think that, I mean, my wife has done this so many times in my life where she's like, Hey, um, the way you talked to that couple when we were meeting them for dinner like i don't know if that if that was like i don't know if that, if you completely honored or respected them or what you talked about i don't know if that was honoring or if it was kind of like teetering gossip and i'm like of course you're like what <laughs> i didn't, i wasn't you know you get like really defensive and then you're like wait a minute she's got a point i think she's right crap i need to go apologize i need to make this right but I've given her that permission, Micah, to say, Nick, you know, like you need to, but it's not just her. I mean, she's, she's like my main, like member of the dream team for me, but there's other people that I've looked to. And I said, here's a life jacket. When you see me acting out of character, when you see me saying things, when you see like close people that I trust and respect. And I, you have to tell me and save me from me. And I think that's that's a critical aspect of someone that you've brought onto your dream team is giving them permission to bring some truth to you and love, help you to see from a different perspective mm-hmm. or see okay. yourself from a different perspective. Because oftentimes we're blind to some of those things. We have blind spots.
1: That's right.
2: Oh my god. That's gosh. so good though. I think of the listener today. Maybe you're driving in your car, maybe you're working out, wherever you're at today, and just so grateful to be a small part of your journey, this journey together. But I think that one of the things you need to ask yourself is are the Mm -hmm. books I'm reading answering the questions that I'm asking because life is so short back to the point on margins at the top of the episode and just your time is super valuable and that's why we want to have conversations that answer the Mm -hmm. questions that you're asking but I just I hope you'll pick up a copy of you can live the dream because this is going to be one of those things that we all face fear we all deal with disappointment. Mm -hmm. There's um, a hope and a future that all of us have that there's eternity written on your heart. God's Mm -hmm. designed you with the language of destiny and greatness inside of you. And our prayer today is that this uh, message today unlocks something for you to Mm -hmm. step into fulfillment, to step into your purpose, to step into the destiny. And it, it might be that small, scary first step, but look, when you didn't know how to walk, God's designed the human body and mind and temperament to take steps afraid or where our daughters are at, they've never ridden a bicycle before. And they're freaked out about it and excited. And um, maybe a question for you today is, when's the last time you did something that scared you? When's when's the last time that you did something you were excited about or that you were afraid about? And um, he's with you. We're just on the sidelines cheering you on. And Nick, you know this, um, how we love to close the episode is throw five minutes on the clock and just ask you a few questions rapid fire. Are you up for that today?
0: I'm ready. Let's go.
2: Okay, let's kick it to this one first. I want you to encourage the listener today with some form of a declaration of hope. Mm. Remind them who they are today mm. and what God says about them.
0: Mm. I would just declare over every person on the side of my voice that you are a child of the Most High God, that you are equipped, that you are, you've been empowered, you've been anointed, you are, you are fully possessed with everything that you need to become the person God's designed you to become. And I just declare that no weapon formed against you is going to prosper. Nothing that's been designed to take you down or distract you will prosper. The enemy may try to come in like a flood, but God raises up a mighty standard against him, surrounding you and your loved ones in Jesus' name.
1: Amen. We received that, I received too. I that- Come on. Let's
0: go. I do, too.
1: So good. Okay. Question number two. What has God been teaching you lately, Nick?
0: Um, I would say margin, about my margins, um, without question. Just making sure that I'm saying no to things and I'm prioritizing the things in my life God wants me to prioritize right now. You know, my marriage, my family, my kids. Um, I get this one window with them. So I think just making sure. I'm healthy, mentally, mm-hmm. spiritually, physically. That's those are the things I think I'm hearing from God right now the most on. So good.
2: Yes, and Amen. I uh, I'm, I I'm. That's a familiar tune to my ears. I'm learning about
0: <laughs> of those
2: things right now. And how about if you guys went on a road trip, snuck in um, a football game, wh- anything? If you could just have a weekend off and you mm-hmm. went with the fam, where would you go, and what snack would you bring on vacation? <laughs>
0: Well, I'm a peanut M&M guy, so without question, that is my go-to snack. Give me some peanut M&Ms, and, and you have a ha- happy guy. Uh, what? Where would we go? That's a good question. Um, you know, there's something about lakes recently that just hit different for me. Um, as you guys know, in Minnesota, the land of lakes up there, you guys are like in the land of milk and honey. Um <laughs> In Texas, they just don't make lakes like they do up north and in the Midwest. And so I think if we go somewhere, it's like, let's find like a cool lake where there's no humidity, water's beautiful, you know, like trees build fires. Like, I think we're kind of get near the fall. You know, I think that would be, that would be a pretty cool little getaway. would be, and the grass sounds so silly and stupid, But the grass of the Midwest just hits different. It feels different. Down here you got thick blades, it's coarse. You can't really like lay down in it. Anytime I go back home, which I just did recently, uh, me and my son, we just like lay down in the grass. Like we're in random people's like homes, just (laughs) what are you doing out there? We're just laying in your grass.
1: Grass angels, have you ever heard of them?
0: Sorry. I know we're supposed to keep it short, but I I had to it. Well, if we never catch you in our front yard, grass we want to what
1: you're doing. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Just checking the grass out. Just checking it out. Oh my goodness.
1: Oh, here's a fun one. Here's the curveball to keep us on our toes. If you could ask Josiah and myself one question today, Nick, what would you ask us?
0: Are you having any more kids?
1: Ooh, we always said one at a time. So oh, you got two now. So we have two. The the this the little story behind our second one is I almost bled out and died seven weeks after her, so our doctor said if you do choose to have a third or try to we will have to have something in place because you'll be wow. considered geriatric and we have wow. that last scare if anything yeah. happens we're gonna have to have we're gonna have to have a plan in place and that could be anything from blood transfusions to full hysterectomy to save you over the baby so very serious so we yes. have two healthy kids I'm on my journey of health right now so we're leaving it up to God essentially on some fronts but also being mindful like my win- the window for me is closing um yeah. in regards to sort of age and desire of yeah. you know that so yeah. we said one at a time unless Josiah has something to share
0: <laughs> Josiah
2: it's a good answer I think we're open too because if you were to ask the question this way, like is everyone here or is our family complete or is somebody missing? Mm. Um, I like, that stumps me right now. And I think
1: only because I think he's outnumbered. There's a lot of emotions. <laughs> three versus we have, a, we have, have a, a, a male gold or male fish though. We have a gold. we have a little what's he called? it called? A beta count. fish.
0: It doesn't count. It I'm doesn't speaking. count. No.
1: You're right. He you can't, you can't
0: wrestle with the fish. That's
1: uh, true. <laughs> you can wrestle with Avalon.
0: All right, <laughs> can, the, I, can, can I, I can I can I can I add another question? Yeah. i want to know one quirk that micah has and one quirk that josiah has that people may not know
1: Ooh.
0: it can be any quirk it can be as, as personal as you want or it can just be like he wears his shoes in the house and i tell him to take them off all the time he doesn't listen oh
1: my gosh i think i'm the one that wears his shoes in the house all the time okay for him he hates his hair long on the sides, so he like literally gets his hair cut every seven to ten days like he'll cut it himself so he, you cut your own hair he just goes crazy and cuckoo. He's like a dog when he gets the new haircut. He's like, I feel so good. I'm like, nice you feel it and you look good, but dang. That's
0: impressive. That's talented, bro, to fade yourself up on the on the sides. <laughs> Thanks, say so,
2: We got the bathroom mirrors that you can kind of angle yeah. and got the, the, a few different clippers see, going. Is- I didn't know this about you. This is
0: fantastic. <laughs> Do
2: you ever need a good fade? I got you covered. Yeah, now
0: I know. Uh,
2: I think Micah's quirk and people, Uh-oh. if people it better be a good one, just house, better
0: be a good one. This better be, be like, you can only get this by listening on the podcast. This is Ooh. real. I need to here. Go
2: ahead. Okay. So if you came over to our house, you'd be like, wow. Like our friends were over and they were like, this is beautiful. Like nice job, you guys. And everything is what she's done together. We are remarkably handy, but it's like, she's going to be the one who busts out the craftsman drill or the tools or knocks down a wall or just like, like I went, I traveled for 10 days and she had removed all the cabinets and repainted them. And so what? Yes. Or
1: like six weeks after our daughter was born, I removed the whole popcorn ceiling in the basement. I was like, I'm going to clean the bathroom. I haven't been down there for a while. And yeah, he comes down there two hours later. He's like, what are you doing? I go, I couldn't take the popcorn ceiling. It had to come down look like kitty litter all over the floor.
0: <laughs> wow. So you're, so you're pretty handy. You're like, you're like mechanically inclined, Micah. If
1: I came down to your neck of the woods, I'd have to check out Waco and see Chip and Joanna and see what they're up to, because I am definitely one of those people. I like to demo, but I also like the remodeling process. So see, I had...
0: I, that's fascinating. see. I didn't, I would never know that about you. This when summer, we got actually. married,
1: I had more tools than him and I still have more tools than him. And we got married. He had, when we got married here's another fun fact. He had one pillow. Now he has probably twenty pillows, and her
2: has
0: followed me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then I get the Wayfair email saying you need more pillows. I'm like, look, Wayfair even says we need more pillows.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Um. Hey Josiah, no shame, bro. I'm in the same boat. Like, I can accomplish some things with Summer, but she, her dad was a is a mechanical contract. Like he. He's like a co owner of a mechanical contracting company plumber his whole life like super handy crafty mechanical and summer grew up in that and around him and he taught her everything. Where my dad was you know, not as not so much mechanically inclined. (laughs) it was like sports all these other things I just wasn't around tools, you know so. I know tools and sports well wow, I'm telling all the fun facts about just, she's got all of
1: it, it used to she's be a boys basketball stat and a football stat so I love being like on the field like in it in it so nice.
2: anyway. so Nick anyway here's how we'll close it out this is a question five of five Ooh. should we skydive neither Mike or I have skydive doven skydive
0: I know What's the <laughs> we haven't Sky-dove.
2: jumped out of a plane should we do it <laughs>
0: oh my gosh i would say yes 120 um yes
1: let's check our insurance policy first i was gonna say make
0: sure you have kids now at that time i had no kids and so i really had just it was just let's go do it now like my wife now is like you're never doing that again and my daughter's like dad let's go and my wife's like (laughs) no so i I think it's got to be something you discuss with your girls to sit them down just try to help them they understand might want to go with <laughs> mom and dad are going to jump out of a perfectly good airplane
1: oh. <laughs> this
0: is a good idea come back? Oh, so, so uncle cool. nick says yes but your girls may have a different opinion
2: it's amazing oh, i love it well hey one more time you can pick up your copies of you can live the dream we'll link it in the show notes but you're listening to the young adults today podcast Thanks for listening to this episode of the young Adults today podcast if you enjoyed it feel free to subscribe leave a review and share this with someone you know Plug me in. I'm all up right now
0: Plug me in. I'm getting up right now yeah.